actual scripture that went with a good start, I do have my own scripture. Amen. So those of you that have your Bibles with you, would you please turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter number five. I'm going to be reading out of the uh, New King James Version of the Bible, and I have to show this off. It is brand new right here. Yeah, yeah, my, my baby brought this for me. You know how some women have shoe fetishes? Some women like clothing, shop all day, shop till they drop. My wife has a Bible fetish. Amen. She's always looking for a new Bible. And I would be remiss. Is Pastor Ulysses Hendricks still here? Stand up, Pastor Hendricks. This is Pastor Ulysses Hendricks from Christ Disciples Ministry. Amen. He also served for 20 years as the assistant pastor of the Oasis of Hope Church. Amen. Till he went out and planted his great fellowship, and he is doing a wonderful job. Uh, he's a great friend of Pastor Twyman. He admires our pastor. Amen. And uh, just some of y'all, he was your insurance man. Amen. Look, look, the trail. There you go. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming, my brother. The Word of God says here in chapter number five, there are three verses of scripture. They're very short, and our emphasis is going to be on the middle verse. Chapter five, verses 15, 16, and 17. Amen? And it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. For emphasis, verse 16 again, redeeming the time because the days are evil. For subject this morning, just for a little while, I'm going to go back, back into time to the late 60s when I was a small child. And I'm going to borrow the title of this sermon from the one and only Chambers Brothers. Time has come today. Amen? Shall we pray? Kind Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you honor, glory, and praise. I pray now, Father, that you move Claude out of the way, allow the natural man to decrease, that the spirit man might come forward. And please, Father, have your word be preached with power and authority, but most of all, in love. Bless the hearers, and more importantly, the doers of your holy inspired writ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Time has come today. A good start is a relationship to time. 101 years is a relationship to time. Time has come today. And while we in 101 years have had a good start, it's not over. And we have to look at first, we have to do a thing and look at time itself, right? Because we must remember that time is not a province of God. God created time for us. Amen. God is what? Outside of time. God is in the past. He's in the present. And he's in the future all at the same time. He created time for us. 
God is supernatural. He's, he's extraterrestrial, if you will. And he has come out and reached down into his creation and done things and orchestrated our lives because he is what? He is sovereign. If you don't believe me, ask Job. He does what he wants, when he wants to, and how he wants to do it. Think about the time. The land was purchased some 23 to 24 years over on uh, 5080 Belmont before the sanctuary was actually completed. And you know that through the years, people scoffed, people laughed, people talked about the church, talked about Pastor Watson. I even, I'm sure that some young boys even went inside the four walls once they were up pastor and played strikeout. But it was in God's time. It wasn't in our time. It wasn't in the pastor's time. It wasn't in the church's time. It was in God's time. And everything that we are today, everything for 41 years that God used Pastor Charles D. Twyman for, he will tell you that it was built upon the foundation laid by F.D. Mills and J.A. Watson. Time, God and time, God and time. So God created time for you and I. When you, when, when you look at time, we always look at our lives, and our lives are like a parade, aren't they? We see our lives as they pass us. Amen? It's like, anybody ever been to Thanksgiving Day Parade? Amen. My kids used to be mad because we could never go because our church had real Thanksgiving service. Amen? Thanksgiving morning, we was at Macedonia Baptist Church. Amen. Telling God, thank you. So that's how our lives are. It's like a parade, right? We see the events as they come past us. But the Bible says, Isaiah, that God sees the end at the beginning. And when we read that, you know, you say, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense because if you or I were going to say it, uh, Reverend Shoemate, we would say God sees the beginning and the end. That's how we speak. That's what we would say, amen? But no, Isaiah says God sees the end at the beginning. And so it's as if the parade is going by. And imagine if you were in a helicopter looking at the parade. As the parade goes by and you're in a helicopter, you can see what? The end and the beginning. Amen? And that's how God sees our lives. He sees the end at the very beginning because he's outside of time. And because he is outside of time and has given us time, we have to do what the scripture says and do what? Redeem that time. If it's one thing we've learned during this pandemic that uh, you better redeem some time if it's one thing we learned to the, through the pandemic is if you love somebody, you better tell them today. If you bad at somebody, you better drop it. Because we've always said throughout our lives that tomorrow's not promised to us, but we didn't mean it. It was just church speak. It was just talk. Because each and every one of us that's breathing in and out right now expected to wake up today. But the pandemic has taught us some stuff. 
I'm going to get to my text and we're going to go sit down. So, here we are. Understanding time. Or do we really? It was many years we never understood time. Right now in Boulder, Colorado and in Greenwich, England, there are two atomic clocks. Well, in Greenwich there's actually six. But these atomic clocks keep the world time. Every watch, every other clock in the world is set by those two atomic clocks. Amen? So, here's the thing. (laughs) This is funny. They are accurate to some kinds of seconds that I cannot even pronounce. However, the one in Greenwich and the one in Boulder are not completely in sync. Where my engineers at? Come on, say amen, engineers. They're not totally in sync. What is the reason for that? Well, the reason is the one in Boulder, Colorado, Reverend you may know, the reason is the one in, in, in Boulder, Colorado is at a much higher altitude than the one in Greenwich. And so it wasn't until a little Christian scientist by the name of Albert Einstein created what we call the theory of relativity that we learned that time and space are actually properties. Space-time. Amen? And so time is what? Relative. Depends on where you at. In, in L.A. right now, they're three hours behind where we are right now. So time is a relative thing. So that tells me that how I use my time and how I spend my time has to be relative. And what's the relativity of it? It has to relate to what God wants me to do with my time. Somebody say amen. Not what I want to do with my time. What does God want to do with my time? What does he want me to do? Redeeming the time. Because days are evil. So here in our text, we're in the book of Ephesians. I love the book of Ephesians because it has probably the simplest outline, Pastor Twyman, that any book could have. The first three chapters are all about what we have gained by becoming believers. It's our inheritance, so to speak. If you were to look at it in a truly authentic biblical way, you know we Baptists, so that means we believe the whole Bible. As Baptists, we understand that the Bible is an integrated message system, and so we understand some things about the Bible, and so the companion piece to Ephesians would be Joshua, where the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness but went into the promised land and gained what? Their inheritance. In the same way we that were lost in sin came into the marvelous light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we gained some stuff. And those first three chapters are all about what we gained. So then when you come to the last three chapters, now you're talking about because you have gained this great inheritance, Negroes, this is what you're supposed to do with it. Now that you've gained this inheritance, you're supposed to walk in unity. you 
You're supposed to walk in what? In love. You're supposed to walk in the light. You're supposed to walk in wisdom. Walk means live. This is what you're supposed to do because you've gained a great inheritance from God. You know the one about the unity. It's our church anniversary and we should all be in unity because we all have been given spiritual gifts by Jesus Christ's sacrifice. Amen. And that those gifts are to work together to do what Paul wrote? To edify, to build up the church. What's the reason? So that we won't be tossed to and fro listening to Joel Osteen and all that demonic foolishness on TV talking about he's a great man of God. That man can't spell God if you spot him the G or the D. Yeah, I said it. I have a responsibility to say it. You know why I can say it? Because if he went on TV and said that he's what he is, a motivational speaker, I have no issue. But you say you are a preacher, a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just like in Galatians chapter 6, the apostle Paul confronted Cephas face to face and told him he was being a hypocrite about uh, eating with the Gentiles. When the Judaizers came, he acted like he didn't know them. I have a duty and responsibility to call out false prophets. That's a false prophet. And if you think I'm wrong and you think I'm twisted, you need to recheck your salvation. You know, church, my daughter, I bought her a great big old ice cream cone. And it fell off onto the ground. And she started crying. And I said, daughter, don't cry. Because daddy has the money to buy you an even bigger cone. It's the same way in y'all's life. God, when you drop your ice cream, God going to give you a bigger one. Now, see, this is serious because that mess has trickled down into the real, authentic local fellowships. See, y'all bringing that foolishness into the house of the living God, and that, it, that decreases our power because we're not walking in authenticity. We're not walking in truth. I'm trying to figure out how I got here. I came to celebrate. So he tells us, here in our text, I'm almost done. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Uh-huh. Right before that, he tells us about walking in the light, in the light of our faith. Because remember, it's, it's like the old hymn, I once was blind, but now I see. Amen. So we are now what? Walking in the light. And because we are walking in the light, then uh, you need to do what? Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In other words, we got to walk carefully. We have to live carefully. We have to examine things. And one commentator uh, by the name of Adam Clark relates this uh, very verse to the fact of what was going on in that culture with all the Greek gods, and specifically the Greek god Bacchus, who was the god of wine. Don't get thirsty. The god of wine, you know, the partying 
God. You know, the Epicurean way of eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That's the way me and Pastor Hendricks used to live. Eat, drink, and be merry. I ain't going under the bus by myself. Eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die. That's what they were doing. They were partying. You talking about turning up? They turned all the way up. Those that worship Bacchus. And so he's telling us as believers that our lifestyle has to be different. That we have to walk carefully in this world because we don't want to be like the fools that are in the fraternity of wine, fire, whiskey. There's a reason they call alcohol ignorant oil. Not ignorant. Ignorant. Because you haven't seen anybody clown. Until you've seen a drunk clown. Then he says this, our key verse. But he says before that, be wise. Wisdom comes from God. As a matter of fact, let me mess with your theology here. It's basically probably the only spiritual gift that every believer should have. Why do I say that? Not the gift of tongues. Every believer does need that. But every believer should have wisdom. How do I say that? Because in James chapter 1, James tells the church that uh, if anybody lacks wisdom, ask of God who gives liberally to all people. So that tells me that every believer ought to have the spiritual gift of wisdom. Then he says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Here we are. Paul here is not talking about the way I've heard so many people interpret this scripture. He's not talking about make the best use of your time, which is a good thing, amen? We, we ought to make the best use of the time we have, but that's not what he's talking about here. Mm -mm. There are two Greek words that they used back then uh, concerning time. One has to do with the way we look at it day by day, week by week, month by month, like a calculation of time, amen? But then the other Greek word is one we understand, and that is the time, meaning a definite, specific period of time where something ought to happen. You with me? Well, let me bring it to you where, where you can get it. Today, in church vernacular, we call it season. It's your season. It's my season. In this season, amen, that's the kind of time we're talking about here. That specific time. And it says here, redeeming the time. That specific time, it also means this. In Galatians 6, the same Greek word is used, but it's translated opportunity. What is God telling us? He's telling us that Macedonia, we've been off in 101 years to a good start. But in redeeming the time, we have to do what? Take this opportunity that is presented to us now and share the good news of Jesus Christ to evangelize. Why? 
because he says it right after that because the days are evil and we living in an evil time and so we need to redeem the time because these days are evil we ought to take the opportunity to sow in the people's lives the gospel of Jesus Christ quit sitting on our hands acting like we got it all together and you better get yours and fit in where you fit in this is the season this is the time to redeem the time, to tell a dying world that the wages of sin is death, to tell a dying world that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, to tell people that are suffering, depressed because of the pandemic, that there is a better way to live, that there is another lifestyle that's out there for you, that all you have to do is trust him with everything within your heart. It's time to redeem the time, church. It's that season. It's that season. Because the time we living in is evil. Haven't you paid any attention? The effeminization of the black man is out of control. Got Russell Westbrook wearing dresses. What is going on here? What have we become? What have we done? But we, as a local fellowship, I'm not going to turn nobody else right now. We have a good start. Amen. We have a great foundation. Soon we'll have a new pastor. But our foundation from F.D. Mills to J.A. Watson to that great man of God sitting up there in the balcony is solid and secure. Amen. And so while we've had a good start, it is the season, the moment to take the opportunity of the pandemic when folk are looking for answers and get those answers to them through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Didn't you notice that when the pandemic hit, didn't nobody ask the church nothing? Nobody asked the church anything. Because we too caught up in, in, in politics. Doggone pandemic raging around the entire world and it became politicized in the United States of America. That's unconscionable. And the church, instead of going along with that mess, should have stood up and said something. There are all kinds of aspects of faith. You tell me, okay, Claude, uh, this is what some of my colleagues told me. Uh, on March 13th, I made the decision. We closing this church. We had already started live streaming in January because God had already prepared us. We started emphasizing electronic giving in January of 2020. So when the pandemic came and God spoke to me and told me to be who he called me to be, that's the under-shepherd of this flock, and exercise some godly wisdom and shut this thing down because I have a responsibility to the lives of the people there. And no, we didn't close the church. We closed the doggone building. There is a difference, you know. 
got talked about, I got scandalized, wear your faith, blah, 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 this, faith over fear, blah, blah, blah. Now, check this out. The same people that were dogging me and telling me faith over fear won't get vaccinated. What you scared of? I thought it was faith over fear. See, this is what people don't understand. We, we, God has called us to be critical thinkers. That's what it means when it tells us, when Paul wrote in Romans, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove or test what is the acceptable and perfect will of God. That's called critical thinking. So we are supposed to look at what's going on and do some critical thinking in there. And in critical thinking, I saw that you were a hypocrite because you was telling me faith over fear, which is why you ain't wearing no mask, which is why you ain't shutting down the church, which is why you doing this, which is why you doing that. But now you prayed for God to end COVID. God uses the scientists and medical personnel to create a vaccine that will end COVID, but your dumb butt won't take it. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. Well, where's your faith? Let's be honest. Hendrix, the reason them jokers didn't close their church is because they wanted to make sure they got a paycheck. That's right, shoemate money. I know I did what God told me to do because on my way to the meeting with our leadership team, I knew what they were going to say. That's their job. First thing they said when I told them what we were going to do, uh, Pastor, what about the money? That's the first thing they said, Nephew Tito, what about the money? And I said, well, I'm just going to tell you what God told me as I drove here. God told me, he said, Claude, that's what he called me, unless he calling me Doogie. He said, Claude, you will do, if you do this right, you will have increase, not decrease. And we have, we've had great increase. Because half our church has moved to Atlanta. I call it Detroit South. The other half moved to Texas. But when they saw that they church was virtual, and they could watch it on Facebook, they started sending their tithe back in. We got increase, not decrease. Faith over fear. Politicizing. See, you saw me come in with my mask on, right? I've been vaccinated. But I just like that mask. That's from Hamilton. Talk less, smile more. I'll show it off. No, but seriously. The reason that I wear a mask is because I'm a believer. And Jesus reduced the whole of the Ten Commandments down to two. Love God with all your heart, all your soul. And love your neighbor and treat your neighbor as you treat yourself. So I don't wear a mask and never have for me. I've worn masks for the person next to me because that's my neighbor. And this thing is highly contagious. 
And even though I've been vaccinated, the scientists, but I know you don't believe scientists, the scientists told me that I could still be a carrier, even though I don't have COVID and I'm vaccinated. So when I'm out in public, I wear a mask to make sure that I'm looking out for my brother and my sister because that's what believers do. to my seat now when I tell you this. Therefore, 17 says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See, we have to understand, church, what the will of the Lord is. And you have to be careful. See, we have to always do a couple of things in our lives, and let's be introspective, and really, I'm talking about really, go deep down with yourself. And say, am I really doing this for the glory of God? Or am I doing this so people will think well of me? Am I really doing this for the glory of God? Or am I doing it because there are scriptures that tell me if I'm obedient to God, he will bless me in a certain way. What is my motivation for doing this? You got to do that. You got to remember what James said when he told us, you walk away from the mirror and forget the person that you are. Understanding the will of the Lord. What does that mean? That means stop praying if it be thy will. Say what? Don't say, don't, don't put in my prayer. If it be thy will. You're supposed to be praying according to God's will already when you say the prayer. Hello? That's how we are supposed to be praying within God's will because we understand his will because we what? We understand his word. You can't understand God without understanding his word because that's how he's communicating to us. So in other words, you got to cut off Sports Center, cut off the real housewives or wherever, Pick up your Bible and dig down into that word so that you can understand the will of God. That way you will always be praying what? In his will. You're probably doing it already. Do you think that it's not God's will that your children be protected and covered? You pray for that. Do you really think that it's not God's will that your family be whole and be blessed? I think it is. So pray according to this word. And you will be in God's will. Time. Time. Redeeming the time. While God has created time for us, he's actually all about time. You remember, at the Mount of Transfiguration, after Peter's declaration, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for uh, earth did not reveal this to you, but my Father is in heaven. And I say you are Peter and etc. right? Then next chapter, they go up to the mountain. Jesus takes his inner circle. He turns himself inside out and shows his glory. And then he says something that he said often throughout the scripture. Don't tell anybody about this told his mother at his first, what, miracle at the wedding at Canaan. Woman, my time 
has not yet come. God is all about time. Do you not know that they, they, they tried to take him and make him king before time? You see, he couldn't be uh, anointed and crowned king of the Jews until he rolled into Jerusalem on that Sunday and they cried, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Do you know that was a specific date for that? A specific date when you know Bible numbering. Because God is all about time. There was a rock opera when I was in the world. I thought it was spiritual because it had Jesus' name in it. It was called Jesus Christ Superstar. They even made a movie about it with this bad dude named Carl Anderson. Boy, you can say. But in that play, in that opera, Judas Iscariot, after he has committed suicide, they have the highlight, amen, the closing number. And Judas begins to sing the title song, Jesus Christ Superstar. And it's a line in there I'll never forget once I became a believer. He said, if you'd come today, you could have reached the whole nation. Israel in 4 BC, had no mass communication. Don't you get me wrong. Well, Judas, you wrong. Because the Bible puts it like this. Didn't need no mass communication because in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Hello, somebody. All the conditions were right for the spread of the gospel. The Greeks were Hellenists which means that they felt that their culture was the best culture ever. And so wherever Alexander and the rest of them conquered, they put everyone in the Greek culture. They taught the Greek language all over the world. You see, the Romans weren't like that. The Romans just wanted to tax money. They pretty much leave you to your own business once they conquered you. But no, not the Greeks. The Greeks wanted to Hellenize you. They wanted to make everything the Greek culture. So that means when the gospel was being spread, uh, just about everybody spoke the same language in the known world. The conditions were right. Then the Romans, they built great roads, amen? And because those roads were so great, then the apostles and others could spread the gospel by traveling over them roads. Uh, guess what? The Babylonians, years before, had created a great mail system. Therefore, all them letters that we just read, like Ephesians that Paul wrote, there was a great mail system in place so that that could go forward, that the gospel could be spread. In other words, God is all about time, and his timing was perfect. So in the fullness of time, he sent forth his son. Let me tell you about time. Uh, he came down to 40 and two generations. Hello, somebody. Uh, that, it, it was time, wasn't it? Because on a Thursday, uh, they rest, arrested him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, it was Thursday night that they put him on trial. And then you know the story, don't you? Uh, they whipped him and beat him uh, all night long. Uh, and then they marched him to Golgotha, the place of the skull, the place we call Calvary. They put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, uh, a crown of thorns uh, around his head. Uh, you know what time it was, don't you? Uh, guess what? Uh, darkness uh, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour uh, fell all over the earth. Uh, 
guess what? As he died upon that cross, all the graves opened up. There was a great earthquake. It was in God's time. And then the time record tells me, shoemate, that he stayed there Friday, that he stayed there Saturday. But thanks be to God, early Sunday morning, I don't know what time it was. I just know it was early. He got up from the grave, stepped out on resurrection ground, proclaimed that all power is in his hands. Healing power, delivering power. All power is in his hands. He's alive and living today. He caught an express cloud back to glory from the Mount of Olives. Ye men of Galilee, while you stand there gazing, the same Jesus is coming back in a like manner. He's sitting right now at the right hand of his daddy, making intercession for crazy folk like me and you. When the great accuser enters the throne room of God and start pointing his finger, Look at Cottrell. Look at May. Look what they doing. Jesus stands up and says, I died for that sin. Thank you, Jesus. But the good news is that it's not over. Huh? It's a good start. But guess what? He's coming back. He's coming back, but not as a baby. He's coming back as a warrior waging war on this world system, waging war on sin and Satan. He's coming back, but not like a thief in the night for me. He might be a thief in the night for you, but I'm looking for him every day. He's coming back like a thief in the night for those that don't know him. We're supposed to be looking for him every day. Uh, split the sky, Jesus. Uh, we ready to go home. Is there anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Uh, is there anybody in here that loves the Lord? Uh, is there anybody in here that's ready to redeem the time? Is there anybody in here going to make a change today? Uh, happy birthday, Macedonia. I love you with all my heart. I'm thankful unto God uh, for this local fellowship. I'm thankful unto God for sending me and my wife over here. But I give God all the praise, uh, all the glory, because he's worthy. We off to a good start. Uh, I don't know who the next fella going to be. Uh, but all I know is we off to a good start. And we going to keep on going. Uh, we're going to keep on going uh, until the Lord comes back. Uh, bless your family. Tell your nappy-headed 32-year-old son that don't know nothing about God. Uh, we right up here in this church, uh, but won't come in the church. Uh, you stop uh, soft-peddling him. Uh, you go and tell him uh, that Jesus is coming, uh, that he better get ready. Uh, tell your daughter the same thing. Uh, tell her, get them grandbabies to the house of the Lord. Uh, all of you uh, that's watching virtually, still at home, been vaccinated, all of that stuff. Uh, get your butt uh, back into the house of God. Uh, get your behind uh, back to church. Uh, 
you go in the Burt's warehouse, uh, you go in the floods, uh, you go in the Maya, you go in the Kroger, you go in everywhere, but to the house of God, uh, you better come in here and get some of this. Uh, when I came through the doors, I saw the people of God. I could only see half their faces, but their eyes lit up uh, and made me feel welcome. I need to see the saints. Uh, I rub up against sin, crazy people every day of the week. Uh, I need to be around uh, some folk that believe. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all your benefits toward me. Uh, I'm going to my seat, uh, but you got to do something for me. Say yeah. Say yeah. Yeah. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. Thank you, Lord.